before Keith Summey walks out of North Charleston City Hall and ends his career as leader of South Carolina's third largest city, he sat down to answer this question. What led him to a career of public service? One of the things that was a key thing was my sister and her husband uh, got killed in a car accident on Dorchester Road in 1972. I'd been married uh, three years. They, she was three years older than me. And their two children survived the accident. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, I started thinking, what if my family wasn't here to take care of those two children? So I started looking for ways to uh, get engaged in the community, ways to try to help uh, make it stable, to keep it moving, keep it growing. And uh, I think if I had to credit two things in my life that have made me reach out to do the things I've had, one would be my wife because of her desire to make the world a little better and make me help her do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, <laughs> that's right. And uh, the other would be the loss of my sister and uh, her husband and realizing the responsibilities we have, not just for ourselves, but for others. Mayor, do you think that a lot of who you've become at this point in your life is the result of what you have learned as mayor or some of those skills you brought from Cottageville, South Carolina? <laughs> well, I think uh, the biggest skill set that I have, Debbie and I have been married uh, 54 years and we dated for six, so we've been together for 60 years. And I never will forget when we decided to get married, the pastor that was our pastor when we met, and we used to babysit his boy's name was Earl Bear. He passed away in the last year. Uh, and he moved to Holly Hill to become the pastor there. And uh, I called him and said, uh, we want you to have the honor of performing our marriage ceremony. He said, great, you're going to have to come to Holly Hill for counseling. I said, but Earl, you know us. He said, yes, that's why you've got to come for counseling. <laughs> and, and the first thing he did was bring up a topic that made us get in an argument. He knew what to say, knew what to do it. He said, now that I've caused you to argue, I'm going to teach you how to argue. And basically it was listen to each other. Uh, you've got your opinion and she's got her opinion. But if you listen to each other, you might found, find some middle ground that's better than either of you thought. And I've not only applied that to my life with my wife, I've applied it to my life in working uh, in private sector business and in more than anything, I guess, in my politics. Uh, listen to other people. Uh, and if they have a good idea, my goodness, take advantage of it. And, uh, and I think the greatest thing that I learned 
is with my employees, I'm not the boss. Uh, I'm the person that has to make the decision if we can't come up with one that you've come up with. Um, but at the end of the day, you listen to the people that do it on a daily basis and they're going they're gonna to find the, the best way to do it and the easiest way to do it that gets it done. And uh, so it's, um, I, I think that's been one of my attributes is being able to listen and uh, try to accept people for uh, the good that they can do. We all have bad, we all have mistakes that we make, but at the end of the day, uh, we have to make the good outweigh the bad. Mayor Summit, you have had to listen a lot because you have been in the company of a lot of people, certainly a lot of public servants. Um, you've served on dozens of boards and committees and councils, including North Charleston City Council, Charleston County Council, and serving many of those years as the chair of Charleston County Council. CARTA, the Chamber of Commerce, and of course you know that that list goes on and on and on. Was it your goal leaving Cottageville, South Carolina, then Shakora, and then Charleston Southern University? Was this always in your path, your goal to be in public service and elected official, or did it happen organically? More organically. Um, I never forget when I was uh, finishing high school, I hadn't even taken an SAT, and I was a year ahead of my, my wife, and I said, uh, she said, where are you going to college? I said, I'm not, I'm going to work. She said, if you want to marry me, you're going to college. I said, whew, heck of a time to tell me, I didn't take the SAT. <laughs> so uh, my pastor helped me get into Baptist College, which became Charleston Southern the first year. Of, of the school. And uh, I pulled my four years and got a degree. So I, I guess I can um, say that my wife led me into the role that I did. And then when I worked with my father-in-law, he was on county council. And I got to meet a lot of people that were engaged in public service. The first thing I said when I saw you, when you walked in, I looked at the ankles because Keith Summy does not wear socks. No, ma'am. <laughs> and I think that that's something that people have come to ex expect from you, that you will be approachable and relaxed in the way that you carry yourself and, and the way you interact with, with your constituents as well as your staff. One of the things that um, elected officials should remember the day you are elected and sworn in, you don't ask, did you vote for me? You represent everybody. And so even if you've got people that um, maybe you feel that haven't been supportive of what you do, if they come to you with an issue, that's something that is your job to do something about, that's what you should do. You're elected to represent everybody. And I think sometimes elected officials forget that. Um, but I, I don't know if I've met a person that I don't like. Um, sometimes I may not like what they do or what they say, but, you know, uh, maybe you're misinformed uh, about what you're saying. And it's been such a pleasure 
making new acquaintances and uh, helping people to achieve. Uh, Carlos Dunlap is a prime example. Carlos and I are very good friends. And uh, when Carlos turned pro, he announced it in my office. And he had been mayor for a day with me. <laughs> and, uh, and when he turned pro, he had gotten into an issue uh, in college. And uh, he came to see me, and he was not doing good. He was upset. I said, son, you're a man. It's time to grow up. If you mess up, say you messed up. It's not. The only difference in people that mess up and get caught are those that mess up and don't get caught is somebody knows it. <laughs> but we all mess up. <laughs> I mean, we've all made mistakes. And uh, I am so proud of Carlos to what he has done with his life and um, not the football side, but the human side. Uh, what a great young man he is and how he's investing in our community now. And uh, he and his mom uh, made a heck of a team. Mm -hmm. Great guy. Growing up in this community and, you know, I lived in downtown Charleston for many years. We thought that we referred to North Charleston as North area. That's right. Not even quite North area, but kind of North area. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> One word. Um, was that a goal of yours to change not only the way we perceived it, but what we would even call it so that it would rise up to its potential in terms of the way it was perceived and received in this community? There were a lot of people, even when I became mayor, would say I live on Remount Road or I live on North Rip, and say you lived in North Charleston. Um, and, you know, we, to people uh, in Chicora, Garrett, Stahl, there was only one North Charleston high school, so we didn't really, <laughs> we didn't call things, you know, North Charleston as much. But when um, John Bourne created the city of North Charleston, um, I think his legacy was he started a city and um, but it wasn't a inclusive city it was a hand-picked section that would vote to become a city and it didn't advance that much especially in the older areas of North Charleston Union Heights, Ackerby, Dorchester Terrace, Dorchester Wayland those type of, of neighborhoods. And um, first thing I did was start annexing those areas because we needed to get back. If we were going to be a North Charleston, we needed to be a united North Charleston um, and uh, earn the respect to become a city. We weren't a town. We were the city of North Charleston, so we had to we had great uh, opportunities. We had the shipyard. We had all these jobs that were created by the federal government. But it was leaving when I became mayor. And so we had to create that sense of personal pride of where we live, who we are, and what we are. And that was my goal.
to have respect, you have to earn respect. And so my goal was to lead North Charleston where we could earn respect, but in order to do that, you have to respect yourself. And that was, like you said, a, a key uh, portion of what we had to do because we didn't always say, we didn't always take pride in where we were from. Um, we were sort of the redheaded stepchild. And uh, now I think we, uh, we have earned our respect. Do we still have issues? Gosh, every, everything does. Uh, every community, uh, every city, every marriage, every family, you've got issues that you have to work with to, to make things work. And that's sort of the role that I've tried to play in the last 29 years. Uh, there are, there's a lot more I would, would like to do. But um, I think I told somebody on my tombstone, I all wanted to say is he left it better than he found it. And hopefully the next person after me will leave it better than, than they found it after I left. Mayor, I want to make sure that we focus on some of those moments that you've been ex especially proud of the way this community has come together and some of the achievements of this community. Um, you're certainly credited with making some of these happen, happen. Boeing being right here in North Charleston. I think of the Tanger outlets. I think of how Riverfront Park has progressed. The largest playground in the country being right here, a playground that is inclusive and accessible to everyone. What of those things perhaps makes you most proud, the changes at Park Circle, or perhaps all of them, and to what do you credit your vision and the vision of your team? I think um, how we've tried to enhance the quality of life citywide uh, with new athletic facilities, um, new uh, areas uh, that open up shopping throughout. Uh, South End is the only example where that has deteriorated instead of grown. Um, I think it's just pulling together so that you can go from one area to the other in the city and um, see change, hopefully positive change. Uh, the growth areas that we have are a little easier because we do infill growth. Um, but to watch now how the growth of our older areas are coming in with new housing being developed, um, new retail now being developed, I mean, when I remember Montague Avenue uh, was dead. I mean, if you saw 20 cars parked on Montague Avenue at lunchtime, it was busy. Uh, and now you can't find parking. Uh, so, and that I think has uh, been a great achievement of the city during my administration. But I think probably the greatest thing is facing base closure. And everybody thought it was doom and gloom. 
Retail sales grew every year after the base closed. Uh, we've got people uh, working, making more money than they did working in the shipyard. The jobs that we can't brought in and replace were good, high-paying, qualified jobs. If I, in all of that growth, though, if I had to find the one thing that I feel like we have let our community down in, and this is not the city per se, it's the community as a whole, is that we have not prepared and trained enough of our young people to take those jobs. Uh, and um, we can point fingers and blame each other. At the end of the day, it's all of us. We can't allow that. Uh, the jobs that have been brought in by these new industries that we've been able to bring in, uh, we need to, to make sure that our young people are trained and prepared to take those jobs. Uh, Trident Tech has worked very hard to try to help us. I see she's retiring this year too. God, she, you never know she's 80. Uh, she's but she, she does not act good, I guarantee you. Oh, she is a wonderful person. And anything we brought, say, well, we got a chance to get this. We can train them. <laughs> and even if she just had to hire people from that company to do it. Uh, so I just do wish that we were able to get into the minds of our young people that there is a future out there. But it's going to take us helping you get there, but you're going to have to want to do it. And so uh, I, I've just been thrilled by the growth that we've had. Um, at the end of the day, I think we are better off than we were when I became mayor. Have I accomplished everything I wanted to do? Heck no. But I think if you ever feel like you've accomplished everything you've wanted, you're going to have a dull life after that. So. I like challenges, and I'll still be here. I'll be around and uh, to give advice to anybody that wants it, um, to spend more time with my 14, 13, 12, and 11-year-old grandkids, uh, and, uh, and with my wife, Debbie, spend some more time with her, and uh, hopefully uh, our families will make time to spend more time together, too. What has been your greatest challenge? You mentioned the, the closing of the base, and certainly that shook up this community in a really big way. It was at the start, not of your community service and public service, because you'd already been working, but in terms of being the mayor. I think the biggest challenge is uh, getting people to accept each other. Um, I think that's a, uh, a challenge throughout this entire world. Um, the thing we just had where the three mayors got together about the school board. Uh, you know, I just don't think the people that are leading our schools need to get engaged in uh, the social activities of life. Their job is to educate our kids. Um, and the parents are responsible, I think, uh, and the families, not just the parents, for leading people in the, the path. Just because I disagree with your lifestyle doesn't mean that I'm any better than you are. And I, I think 
acceptance of each other, no matter what color we are, what gender we are, or what nationality, because we've got so many folks here now that you know weren't brought up here, weren't raised here, uh, migrated into this country. And sometimes I think we forget that that's how America was founded, was by immigration. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, you know, I, I think that um, that's the greatest challenge that that I've had, and uh, I haven't been as successful as I would have liked to have been in helping us cross those barriers that separate us, uh, so that we look at each other uh, as equal children of God and you know have that respect for each other and we're not going to always agree my gosh 54 years of marriage I can attest to that uh, 29 years of dealing with council members I can attest to that but we can still be agreeable uh, and try to do things that make our world better. Did you accomplish your biggest goals? The biggest goal I had, to be honest with you, was would people would look at us with respect. And we didn't have that when I became mayor. And uh, I thought it was important that we had respect, but I also know in order to get respect from somebody else, you've got to have respect for yourself. And so we tried to establish that we just weren't a young city. We were a city that was growing, it was robust, it was made up. The bulk of our city are just good, hardworking people. And uh, when I first became mayor, I put on the tie and the suit. And, you know, I felt like I wasn't getting the communication level I needed with my constituents. So I. I uh, dressed down a little bit to a working guy and um, it just really, I think, opened up where our communication level was better. Um, it's, it's a job of trying to make life better. Now when I make it better for other people, it's better for me and my family as well. Uh, so it, it's... Um, I think the biggest accomplishment we have that we've been able to make is we're accepted now as a growing city, a vital city uh, that is continuing to move forward. I guess some people still point out two things when they think, talk about North Charleston. One, they talk about food deserts, and they, mm -hmm. particularly in that area near Rivers Avenue. Certainly there is growth and improvement in that area. We can see that with the social services building. But that is one area where people talk about not being able to access healthy food easily if they don't have a car. Public transportation also an issue, some say. The other issue is crime. North Charleston has for many years um, statistically been high in the country in terms of the crime rate. Is that still a concern of yours? that North Charleston is still associated with being a dangerous place to live. Yes, and, and, and it's because it takes a village to raise a child. And 
sometimes not every aspect of the village is working. Uh, first of all, parental involvement in their children's lives is utmost. Uh, you can't blame the teacher if your child's not getting an education, if you're not backing up that teacher at home. Um, you can't blame a business uh, for not hiring your child if they try to hire them and they don't want to work. They don't want to work the hours. I pulled up at a fast food restaurant the other day and the lady comes on and thinks that I'm sorry I can't serve you, all my employees left. And that's a chain restaurant. And I think that we have got to get a hold on what makes this village work. And this village means that we have to look out for each other, but we also have to uh, learn that in order to achieve, you've got to labor. And I think sometimes uh, we don't teach that enough. I can assure you, I've I sold bottles, I sold peaches on the side of the road, I shine shoes in a barber shop in Walterboro. Um, I I did whatever it could to get a dime when I was a kid, um, and then. My work ethic was led a lot by my parents, that you were expected to do so, so much, um, by my church, because being engaged with the church and uh, how you treat other people, how you deal with other people. But it's, uh, it does take the whole village. And the one thing we have to learn is you can't give up on people. Um, because all it takes is one thing that really settles in and makes somebody wake up to where they're going and that life can be, can be changed. So it's, uh, I wish we didn't have those areas. I've never understood the food desert in the southern end uh, from a business standpoint, my personal approach to business. You've got uh, six hundred thousand dollars worth of vouchers handed out every month within a mile really? of the old ship watch square mm -hmm. uh, those people buy groceries when you get to my age uh, and it's just two of you eat out a lot mm -hmm. but folks that live in their homes they they buy groceries so I don't think they can they have never been able to make me understand why a grocery store won't work in the southern end of the city. Um, there are issues that they worry about, shoplifting and all that stuff, things of that nature. We just gave uh, a loan of $300,000 to a grocery store to open up on Dorchester Road. Um, and it's a $30,000 a year loan for 10 years. For every year they stay open, we forgive 30. Uh, and it's, uh, we're working with that same gentleman about the possibility in the South End. Uh, because if, if they're not going to come on their own, then we got to find ways to initiate it and make it work. And uh, I think if this is a successful, within a couple of years, we will get this gentleman that will be willing then to work with us in the Southern End. Say us, the people that follow me. I also want to bring up the Michael Slager 
shooting. Um, was that a period of time that really shook up your administration and the way you believe you connected with the community? Not really. Um, I believe uh, that that was a uh, instance where one of our police officers just totally screwed up. And of course we're talking about the shooting of Walter Scott. Right. right. He, he totally screwed up. There was no reason for that to occur. And we tried to handle it the way we should have. Um, we settled the lawsuit before it was filed. And we were wrong. When you're wrong, say you're wrong. <laughs> and we were wrong. And um, hopefully out of it came a learning experience for others. We Sometimes we have to take the negativities and our life, what happens to try to enhance and improve how we react, uh, how we do business. I can tell you that there were a lot of law enforcement officers in North Charleston that were disappointed in what happened because they didn't want to be painted with the same brush. And uh, I thought the best way for us to deal with it was to face it accept it and uh, try to move forward uh, and learn from it. The family, I don't, you can, you can pay, you can do whatever it takes, but you'll never replace that child. And so we had to accept that, uh, that family would never be the same. I mean, after my sister and her husband got killed, I mean, and that was just an accidental death. My mama never recovered from it. And, uh, and I know those parents. It was uh, very difficult. My heart reached out to them. And when something like that happens and you're in a leadership role, you somehow feel some of that responsibility. And so it hurts. I mean, it's, you wonder what could we have done to stop that from happening. And until this day, other than teaching, uh, but that was a gut, quick decision that was made. It was just a wrong decision, and he's paying for it. As you wind down the weeks and days and hours until you are able to walk out of North Charleston City Hall and I'm just wondering how you are feeling these days. Uh, mixed uh, feelings. Um, you know I'm 76 years old so I'm looking forward to being able to uh, have a little free time spend with my wife Debbie and uh, my kids and my grandkids but uh, I also uh, love what I do, and I've been doing it for over 29 years now. And so it, it's going to be a change, but I've always felt, uh, Joe Riley told me one time, well, when it's time to go, you'll know. And, and that's, I know it's time to go. It's not the feeling that I just want to go. I love what I do. but. I would rather be able to leave on my terms uh, than anybody else saying, well, we're tired of you and you got to go. But more than that, 
I wouldn't want to be in the middle of a term and get ill to the point I can't do my job. And that can happen. Uh, I've lost so many friends my age and I've seen so many people uh, just not be able to do the things they used to do. And I don't want to do that to the city. The city has been too good to me. Uh, I have totally enjoyed the, the 29 years. Um, but I can tell you, um, it's very difficult to walk away when you know you've been able to make it a little better than you found it. And even more walking away from your colleagues that work with you and uh, you've watched them grow and how they are able to do their jobs and make the community better. And you just hope that whoever comes in uh, will keep those folks uh, because of the knowledge they have on not only where we are, but how we got here. <laughs> it's an important thing. What do you want your, this next, this incoming administration to finish? What will, in those conversations that you will have with whomever is mayor, what will you encourage them to finish? Keep moving on the projects that have started. Keep looking for ways to engage as many people in the community into uh, the environment around neighborhood groupings, uh, working through with our kids through the programs that we have, not just athletics, but other programs as well. And um, realize that your community is only as strong as the people in it. Learn that our God taught us to love one another, uh, respect each other, and the administration that comes in needs to understand completely that they work for the people. And uh, always remember that. Doesn't matter who they are, uh, whether they voted for you or not, they're your citizens and you're there to serve them. And uh, if you apply yourself the way you should, you will make gains and your success will be felt inwardly. Uh, it's not about the money, about the things we hold. The only thing J.C. Penney, uh, James Cash Penny, who owned J.C. Penney's, was interviewed shortly before his demise. And they asked him uh, what was his greatest achievement. He said, uh, my greatest achievement is yet to come. And he said, that's the day I leave this earth. And no matter what I did, how much wealth I amassed and uh, how much accolades I got, the only thing I'm gonna be able to take with me is what I did to help other people. I believe that within five years, um, with the progression in this community we have, people won't remember who I am. <laughs> I and, find that hard to believe And here. And that's not bad, uh -huh. um, because hopefully things will be happening that the new leadership will be there uh, and uh, there'll be someone else that they can say thank you.
for what we've done. Um, hopefully the memories are good if they do have them. <laughs> but the, the bottom line is what I've done since I've been mayor is what should be expected of me to do as a leader in the community. And uh, it's taken a lot of assistance to get where we are. Great staff, uh, great council members over the years uh, working with me, and people that are willing to uh, see change and to try to realize that none of us live in a cocoon. You know, we open up and we come out and who we are and what we are affects who you are and what you are. Well, Mayor Sumney, I certainly appreciate this time. You've been very generous as you've been the decades that we've known each other. I appreciate your leadership in this community and making our little stretch of North Charleston a pleasant place to live. I mean that sincerely. It's really been a joy to know you and to watch your work and what you've done in this community. What I really want to know is, vacation plan for next year? No, ma'am. No? Ms. I'm Dan, going to work. Allowed that yet? <laughs> I'm going to work. You're um, going to work. We will yeah. continue to see you working. You'll see me working. I, I can't sit. If I sit, I'll die. So <laughs> don't I don't want to do that. Don't want that. But let me say to you, uh, thank you. Uh, you have represented this community so well. You not to come here. No. You have been here, <laughs> and you have have uh, shown. Uh, the quality of professionalism that can come from a homegrown person that not only uh, you present the news and you present it in a fair manner, good or bad. I mean, not everything that I do is gonna always work and is not gonna always be accepted the proper way, but the presentation of it has been fair in, in everything you've done. And so we in North Charleston are proud of you and what you've done to represent our community. You're, you're a tribute to North Charleston. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you, ma'am. For this episode of Let's Talk. Let's Talk is produced by Eric Johnson. I'm the host, Carolyn Murray. We welcome your comments and advice on our podcast, so please write a review and share the link with others. Thanks again for listening to Let's Talk. Goodbye until the next time.